It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. I'll take a glass of tall great Kool-Aid. Ah. <laughs> Victory Monday feels so good. Can we get me a garbage can just in case I draw today? <laughs> it was one year ago today. It was. You it feel was. okay today? Well, I mean, despite how the Bengals play, do I do feel great. Yeah. You got a fresh cut. You're looking good. Thank you. Thank looking you. Looking great. Yes. Wow. I don't even know where to start. This is a true yeah. story. I'll start here. I literally woke up this morning, and I had to ask myself, and I did this after the Cavs won the championship in 16. Did that happen? That really went down like that. That's the way Browns fans think. It wasn't a dream. It was reality, but it was unbelievable. I felt this, the celebration on Thursday night uh, when the Lions won felt like the Lions had won the Super Bowl from a lot of Lions fans. Sure. And it felt the same way last night. Well said. It was a great opening day win. The first time the Browns have won in week one at home since 2004 with Jeff Garcia. They had been 0-10-1 in those situations. It's the biggest then. week one home win since 1989. Or big, biggest week one win since yes. 1989. Yeah. 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 50 a lot of firsts. Yeah. A whole yeah. lot of firsts. Yeah. It's also the first... Back-to-back home or, or season openers wins yep. since twenty since nineteen years because yeah. that was the second year that they had done that uh, winning in their in their season best opener. performance I've seen one of the sides of the football play I just I, I couldn't believe it man I mean you you know you watch your team and you'd be like is that really not? I drink a lot of Kool Aid but I didn't drink that much Kool Aid on Sunday but good gracious they came out and it was like. They was playing at a different speed. I don't know what happened. I think but the I'll word. I think the word for the defense yesterday was ferocious. Yeah, they were angry. They were. They were everywhere. Yeah. And guys, we talked about this. We all during the offseason, we all believed that the biggest offseason acquisition was Jim Schwartz. That was supplanted last yesterday. That that that. Well, was, Jim Schwartz and the additions on the D line because they all made a difference. Right. Yesterday. I mean, but if you have to just point to one, yes, there, he led it's, the way. Some yeah. of all those little parts yes. added up, but. They just look different. Their confidence level was different. Greg Newsom looked like Greg Newsom again. Denzel Ward had some. If not for that, and you and I disagree on the pass interference call, and you think it was pass interference. Oh, it was definitely that's a It's not a big call. deal because it, it led to the only points of the game, really. When you Bengals. go like this, they're going to call it. I know, every but time. What, 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 I went back and looked at it, and the amount of jersey that was pulled and how it happened, it wasn't even enough to slow his progress. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. When they I know it doesn't matter, jersey, but they're going to call it. It was just, I've seen 10 times worse not called. Yeah. That's, you know, the pass interference thing is always, some are called, some are not. Let's Ward not waste still time played on that. great. Ward played great. Yeah. I, I tweeted this yesterday, and I firmly believe this, and I'll get your guys' thoughts on this because this is a good place to start in my view. I know we're going to dive into the whole defense. For me, the back end of the Browns' defense has not looked that good since the original dog days. Yeah. Since the late 80s, and I know a lot of you are probably too young to remember Hanford Dixon and, and Frank Minifield yeah. and that group, but there's no weak link. I don't know who quarterbacks well, are going to pick on. And one of their starting safeties was out because Juan Thornhill Great didn't point. play. Uh, Grant Delpit, we talked about, you know, the other day on Friday, we talked about um, guys we weren't talking about. Guys we weren't talking about. I mentioned Grant Delpit. He had played, I thought he played great the second half. He was phenomenal yeah. yesterday. He was all over the place. I, he led the team in tackles, did he not? Yeah, he, yeah he blitzed. He got in on it. wasn't a sack on the blitz, but he, he got he, there. He got <coughs> there, yeah. got the quarterback hit. It's funny because the Browns only had, I think, two sacks. 
but it felt like they had 20. Well, they were in the back. Credit Burrow for getting rid of the ball, but that's why he wasn't completing it. Well, they were bringing heat all day, and when you talk about the secondary was so good, part of the reason, and and that's not take away from the secondary. No, I know where you're going. Part of the reason they were so good is the heat they were generating up front. Right. They only had to cover for three seconds. First play of the game, three-step drop, and Burrow gets hit. I know. And I thought, like, wow. Yeah, that was a big sign of things to come. And let me give you this tone setter. Let me give you this stat, because this really puts (laughs) into perspective how dominant the Browns have been against the Bengals. Since the start of the 2021 season. The Which ba- is the Kevin Stefanski era, correct? No, 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 20. no. Since, I'm saying since 21. Oh, you're going back to 21. So Joe Burrow has played 40 games since 2021, including the playoffs. Yeah. He's played 40 games. In those 40 games, the Bengals are 27 and 13. So they've won two-thirds of those games. Right. In those, nine, in those 13 losses, nine of those 13 losses, including the playoffs, have been by three points or less. So, so they're right there. So put it in perspective. The Bengals have, in 40 games with Joe Burrow since 2021, in 36 of 40, that's 90%, they've either won or lost by a field goal. And three of the four losses where they've lost by more than three points against the Browns. And it was three of the four. That's it was incredible. 19, and yes. it was another double-digit loss. Yes. You know, it was funny. Yesterday, the Bengals pulled the plug with six minutes left and took Burrow out. And after the Jets game last year, Kevin's like, no, Deshaun, go back out there. Yeah. You're still out there. <laughs> I had no we problem ain't with that. sitting on it yet. <laughs> I, I know you mentioned it in our group chat. I have yeah. no I just thought it was Deshaun to lead the feeling of the deal. I just thought it was funny. Burrow Burrow sat because they were down. Coming off an injury. But you're also up three touchdowns. And here's my thing. I know because I talked about this with my son. He's like, he handed the ball off. He did throw once on third down. Right. Which I thought was a little, I don't know. You can do do what you want. You want to move the sticks and whatever. But I just didn't want him out there. We all agree. Everybody, if, if there's very few things that we've agreed on in the offseason. One of them was that Jim Schwartz was going to be the difference maker. The other one is, if Deshaun Watson goes down, season over. Yeah. I don't need him out there on the field in a three-touchdown lead with three minutes to go. I think Stefanski felt it was important to have his leader on the field to the, close the, out the, the game. Watson, right. we yeah. need that look. You know, back in the day when the generals used to get going, the first thing Alexander the Great said, the general got to be leading from the front. I got to have the same skin in the game as the soldiers. Deshaun Watson was not coming out of that game because he was pumped. He was hyped. His team was playing on a, on a different level and a different high. And you could just see the thirstiness that the defense played with. And they can say what they want. Jamar Chase can act like the elf comment didn't work. You gave us some red meat. You should not do give hungry dogs red meat. And they came out there, and Jim Schwartz was like, no, no. We're going to come after you every single play. And it, sometimes it wasn't even blitzes. It just looked like they were there. I mean, when you talk about from yards after catch, they were hitting guys, tackling them down. How many times did they throw shorter the sticks? They thought they were getting some yards after a catch, maybe running and extended drive. No, they shut down the running game. They they were up front. Miles Garrison, Zaria Smith, even Obo was in there causing havoc. And to me, I, I just say it, this is the best defensive performance I've ever seen. I'm 41 years old. Yeah. When it comes to all around defensive line and talk about the linebackers. Wait, is that is that prisoner of the moment talk? I mean, you mean from this Browns, from, no, from no, the no. Browns. That no, that is the most. I mean, we could talk about the rain, but execution-wise, it looked like these MJ Emerson was running the routes for these guys. It looked like at times it was like, is he trying to get a back shoulder fade? The corners were all over people. Denzel Wood looked like a superstar. Newsom, if you play like that, you don't got to get no picks. If he, if you don't want no picks, cool. Yeah. And, and listen, the bottom line for me to the defense and. Was it the greatest performance since 99? I mean, I can't remember off the top well, of my head. Well, one sticks out to me. In 08, yeah. they played the defending Super Bowl champion Giants on a Thursday night game. Right. And I think they won. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals. 
and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. It was 35 to seven or something yeah. like that. They just dominated a yeah. very, very good Giants. Right. And offensively, they scored on every possession. They, they I, didn't punt at all. I think it was one of – it doesn't even matter if it's number one all time. It's right. one of the best performances we've seen by this defense. It's the only one that comes to mind for me in the 12 years I've been covering the team more than any other. Sure. I mean, it was – it was because, as, as G said, and you're 100% right, the Bengals didn't make – I think they had one big play. Joe Mixon had one, one really run, long run. run. Decent yeah. run. That was it. Yeah. Like, the wide receivers were never open. No. But they, and, many, and this is the widely regarded as yeah. one of, if not the best, wide receiver core in the NFL. It is the best. It is the best. There's no discussion. And they did nothing. Here's the question. Let's put a percentage on it, okay? Yeah. Because I was really thinking about this last night. You always want to give credit and blame. What percentage of that performance is due to the Browns' dominant defense? And what percentage is due to the Bengals with a rusty quarterback on a wet field? So if you got to split it 90-10, like where was it? I, I'm giving the Browns defense 75% credit. 75-20. I, I, I don't make excuse. Listen, all these things factored in. The weather factored in. Sure. factored in for Deshaun Watson, too. It did. Obviously, he looked very rusty and didn't look 100% comfortable, which I've never seen from but him before. I think before. that was due to the Browns' pressure. But the Browns get the majority of the credit because it was an overwhelming effort across the board. And we've been looking for that big moment. And, and I don't, the Bengals probably weren't going to make a comeback in this game anyway. They showed no signs of life. But that sack by Miles Garrett early in the Huge. fourth quarter, that was the, the death knell. You thought and Taylor we were waiting for that. punted when he should have gone for Twice. it. Twice. Yeah, yeah, now, he he de- I, I think he definitely should have punted on the sack play, and I tweeted that in our group. Yeah, I like, don't that's so. just Why give them a 20-yard field? At that point, I don't care. At that point, you got to go but for it. But at that point, it's 17-3. to three. I, They weren't moved. They had to, they had to try to... Get some spark. I don't know. So you're okay with that. With that. The, the Bengals punting at the Browns 43. That was, that was, that was, that was insane. That Especially was insane. with that was insane. But the defense deserves <laughs> so much credit because all three levels play. There's nobody. There's not a single player on the Browns defense that I can point to and say, well, he didn't have a good game. Well, James Rapine said something. He said yeah. in Cincinnati, when you watch these three receivers, they don't do what we call scheme guys open. They throw a lot of contested 50-50 balls, yeah. and they get them. Like, they, like yes. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins get those 50-50 balls, and he kind of talked about the Browns match up well against them because, especially when they play like this, with man-to-man coverage, and they got three guys that can cover guys. That's right. And when you throw 50-50 balls and you got guys that are highly contesting, it, 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 it can look like this if your quarterback is off. And if you only watch the Browns and you don't watch the Bengals besides when they're playing the Browns, you don't realize how impressive it is what they did. I have never, ever, ever seen the Bengals offense with Joe Burrow look this bad. Even in the other two ass kickings that the Browns gave him, they didn't look this well, bad. His 82 yards passing is a career low. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, of course, it's it's just crazy. T- it was incredible performance. T. Higgins had as many catches as I did. Yeah. That's crazy. Zero. <laughs> Eight <laughs> targets, zero yeah. catches. Amazing. And, and I've been telling you guys all along, I think Martin Emerson is the real thing. He's the real deal. Oh, 100%. Yesterday proved it because they didn't match Denzel with Jamar Chase. Emerson played the right side. Denzel played yes, the left whoever side. was there. That's Whoever's the, there, and I like that's that. who you get. I like and, that. And it wasn't like, it, and it's not a sign of disrespect, but in the past, Denzel was always on Jamar. Right. I that's think not it's more a sign anymore. of confidence in Jim Schwartz. Absolutely. In anybody, sure. Absolutely. His, his cover guys, Tyvis is in when? Wednesday this week? Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. So we'll talk to him tomorrow. One of the things I can't wait to talk to him about is I want him to put into perspective just how difficult it is to do what the Browns did yesterday. Again, the top receiving core in the NFL, they took them man in bad conditions. Now, bad conditions always favor the wide receiver. He knows where he's going. No right? slips, no, no falls. No slip, nothing. No miscommunications. And guys, they, like, like you said, there were points that I said the same thing. It was almost as if, it, particularly Emerson, he wasn't just trying to defend the pass. He was he was acting like he was the intended receiver. He had one pick, but he was out of bounds. I yeah. know, yeah. But What's he amazing was phenomenal. Is- the Browns turned it over twice. The Bengals didn't turn it over. And the Browns still dominated You'll, the game. If you go through and look at this, and I know yeah. ESPN creates these stats, the percentage of times a team loses the turnover battle minus two and wins by 21 is almost rare, yeah. uncalculable. It's, yeah. it's in the very low single digits. And, 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 and I, nope, I'm not even going to save it. Yeah. Uh, and and as, good as, as good as the defense played, we haven't even got to the special teams yet. Well, no, they look good, too. 
That looked good. Mikey's got a read. Yeah, we'll I got a couple things I have to mention real quick. First and foremost, we mentioned Tyvis and yet tomorrow. Tyvis is going to give us a Coach Tyvis segment on MJ Emerson awesome. and his unbelievable performance against these Bengals receivers. So that is right. coming up tomorrow. <clears throat> we set a record yesterday. And if you didn't turn into the postgame show, uh, I got to ask why not because we set a record. It's Everybody the most did, viewed apparently. show we have ever done on UCSS. What is that clips now? That have done more, it's at 34,000 as of this morning. We so, did To put that into perspective, Mike, that's half of the Brown Stadium. Watch the postgame show. Half of the Brown right. Stadium. Watch, watch the postgame show. And we've got a record number of people, I believe, watching us live right now. Get your friends. we gotta, we got to double the all-time record. Let's go. It's this unreal. is the best coverage in town. We had 1,000 people waiting for us to launch this stream this morning. That is a testament to you guys out there, the Browns fans, yeah. for making this phenomenal. We are going to get into everything else in the show coming up, including kicking, Deshaun Watson, the weather, more some defensive dominance. Stefanski's dominance over the Bengals. The offensive line injuries. We're going to get to all of that, and we have an announcement coming up at noon. We've teased this for a week and a half now. We can officially tell you what it is. That announcement is coming at noon, so do not turn the YouTube channel You're kind of soft-selling that. This is a big deal at noon, okay? Yeah, Listen, it's a big deal, They've but so is the Browns' so dominance much. over the Bengals yesterday. I don't want to spend too much time. No, I know. Because we have so much to get to. Uh, we gave some overall thoughts. Let's dig a little deeper into the defense. And I want to call it we one play. We just did, didn't we? I want to call it one more play. Okay. We talked about Miles Garrett's dominance. When Miles Garrett started dribbling between his legs, <laughs> and you can take this, Steve, you take tag board. In my opinion, and I said this in the postgame show, I'll say it again. This is the single coolest thing a defensive lineman has ever done. Not only was it cool in the setup, but it worked. It led to an Ogbo sack. Give me the alternate angle, the second one. Watch it from the back. That is swaggy to the extreme. And it worked, and it led to a sack. G. Bush, you played defensive line on Division One level. Could you ever imagine doing this? What would your coach said if you tried to pull this out? In a live game against one of the best quarterbacks. Come sit by me, Tom McDaniel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come sit by unless me. You, unless you're Miles <laughs> Garrett and you pull it off. And take that visor off and wise your socks way too low. <laughs> but the, when Miles Garrett is dribbling like he's hot sauce and he's crossing people up, I was like, listen, this is what I told you about all summer. He's isolated. They said, how, how much more can you unlock Miles Garrett? Well, you see it. They let him dribble between his legs by a three technique. He goes up and under, and he has nothing to do. He can't guard it. Miles Garrett disrupts the whole play, and guess what? Look at the, look at his friends getting involved. See, Jadavion Clowney, if you would have just shut up and did what you were supposed to do, you could have been out here getting this sack. But you talk about they setting you up. No, these other guys, guess what they're doing? They're playing off of that. That pressure is coming. And, and shout out to Joe Burrow because – he moved like he just knew what it was. And, and that play two years ago, he'd have been up the field and, and for five or ten yards, and they would have reset these sticks. But when you let a guy like that come and, and stand up, how do, you, how do you game plan for that? You don't. There, there's well, one simple way to say it. You don't. Miles, yeah. to me, it was the equivalent of a boxer. We've seen guys do this before. Sugar Ray, I think, done it, had done it in the past. Muhammad Ali. It's the old, look at this. Yep. And then you jab with your other hand. Now, most times the jab doesn't land, but it's pretty. And he's taunting the opponent, and he gets points for that. In this case, Miles did the wind-up with his right, jabbed with his left, and it connected. This is And opposing offenses are going to see this. Now the cat's out of the bag. Now they know what he's going to do. Okay. I think Fine. it's brilliant lining him up, <laughs> no hand in the dirt, in the middle. Yep. Where? How do you stop that? He also dropped back into coverage. He did three or four times, and, and and Joe Burrow throws it, and he look he caught he caught it mid section mid uh, play, and was like, "Let me just sail this a little bit. Now throw this out of bounds." Now this is the difference because Miles dropped back a couple times last year, and he was complaining about it. Yes. Remember that? He's right. like, "I don't know what the hell I was doing back there," but he's in a system now that you clearly. So far, he loves. And I, to, I, I told you guys this summer, the reason Jim Schwartz was here was to do because it was the best system for Miles Garrett. They felt like Jim's system would uh, exacerbate Miles' talents better than Brian Flores's, and that's why Jim Schwartz Just got the job. Check that stat out and, and read that and let that sink in. And, and just, I mean, guys, we have said that for some, you know, he is among the best at what he does. But we always, all of us agreed, there's another level. He shouldn't be among the best. He should be the bar setter. And I feel like in this defense, with the talent he now has around him, he will be the bar setter. There was an interesting 
conversation last night or yesterday during the game where the question was asked, what does the addition of Jim Schwartz do to this defense? And, it, and, and the color guy uh, said, I think it takes him from 16 sacks to 20 sacks. Right, right. Yeah, he said, yeah. yeah that was and what, I think that I think he's dead on. That's I what think he said in the, yeah. He's going to get. the color guy? I can't even think of it. I can't either. Um, what was it? I, I don't know. I was playing the Davis. game. I can't even remember. Was, yeah, yeah, Charles Davis. Charles Davis, Charles Davis. Oh, Charles yeah. Davis who did a good job. But, uh, and, and Ian Eagle, of course, on the call, which was, was always a great call. At, Miles was magnificent yesterday, and the other guys made plays. Like when he caused havoc in the backfield, Ogbo and Zadarius Smith, they finished, right? They made right. the plays. They stopped the running game for the most part. You know, mixing it okay. And he didn't game, have that help last year. They had, he had no help last year. So when Miles Garrett last year would bust through the line and get the quarterback out of sorts and get him running around, there's nobody well, else to clean it up. There was nobody to clean it up. Now they had guys to do that in this game. It was it was amazing. It really it really was impressive. <coughs> Zadarius what Smith they did started on the field. when Zadarius, like you mentioned, he starts off first, the first play, play of the game. Yeah, and it's Zadarius Smith hitting you upside the head. It, you're like, well, hold on now. Yeah, at least at least let me get set up. Three I, step I, drop. Three step, step bow. It was so fast you couldn't even yeah. believe that they they were on him at, yeah. in that time. Yeah. Another thing that is a little thing that I actually liked that Miles Garrett did was there was a play where they stopped the play and Joe Burrow threw the ball down and Miles yeah. Garrett still knocked him down. Now, some people would think that's cheap. I don't care. As long as it's not a dirty hit, as long as it's not in the knees or the head, which it wasn't, I like that. It's To me, and I don't know if he was planning to do that or not, but to me that sends a message. I'm still going to hit you. That was the, the delay of game call, right? I think it was. Yeah. I don't remember the call, but they stopped I, I think that was the delay of game. Right? He was like, yeah, he flipped yeah. the ball. Still, and he I was still hitting you. Yeah. I'm still hitting you. Yeah. And it wasn't a nasty hit or anything like that. But it was. I, I looked at it as a message being sent that I thought it was important. I, I I thought the Bengals defensively, who defensively the Bengals played very well. They ran out of gas at the end. Pratt but, would play, yeah. but it, that guy was yeah, everywhere. When the offense is not moving the ball, what are you going to do? But I thought they completely wore them out by the end of the is game. This, is they this sustainable gassed. long term? Like, and the reason I ask that, yeah, I know it's week one. Yeah. Sometimes you get those weird kind of oddball performances out of week one. And by the way, the defenses, as we talked about on Friday, yeah. way ahead of the offense, uh, not well, just in this game, not, but league-wide. Not in the Dolphins-Chargers game. Was, was there – that might have been the only over <laughs> what a game. In, the, in, the, in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it felt well, like – Well, Dallas might have gone over by themselves. No, I think, I, no? Think, I think it was more than 41. Okay. Um, well, wow, well, that was a shocker too. Yeah. But We're not going to talk about that. Are we buying that long-term – and I say that because this Bengals defense, our offense, even though it's rusty here, they're one of the yardsticks. Yeah. Can they continue to play like this during the course of the NFL season, barring injuries? Effort is free. You may not have the results, right? You may not have the results. Maybe somebody gets out of a sack. Maybe you don't get any interceptions. Hey, right there, they didn't even get any turnovers. So one of the things Jim Schwartz is going to be preaching this week is, guys, we got to get turnovers. Guys, we need to get the ball out. We need to get a strip sack. We need to get and, – and Jim Schwartz, the way he coaches – Earl said this on, on the postgame show, and I thought it was spot on. He said, Jim Schwartz is not going let, let to that, let that effort wane. That's just what it is. Right. Like He's not the type of guy that's going to wrestle with his laurels, and he understands the defense can get better. If, you, if we can get 24 points with the offense not doing much just by us playing the way we are playing, then that means that we could be something special. So that's why um, I think that it is sustainable. Because effort is free. You just need to spend the energy to You guys do that. buying this long term? I mean, you're not going to hold teams to three points yeah, in not, under no. 100 passes. Nobody yards. plays that kind. Nobody plays that suffocating a defense week in and week out. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. The Browns, we all thought they had a good defense on paper. In one week, they show they have a damn good defense on paper. I think they'll probably be a good defense for most of this year. Obviously, it's one week. The Giants are not going to get shut out every week. No. The Chiefs are not going to lose every week. You can't overreact to one game. But all we got is one game of information, and this one game of information by this defense was very impressive. No, they're not going to average giving up three points a game. No. That's not sustainable. No. But the, but the quality of the talent is there, and so the Browns playing very good defense is sustainable. Can they generate consistent pressure on the quarterback every week? Yes. That's yes. the key, right? Do they have three defensive backs? Do they have three cornerbacks who can play man coverage? Yes. Are they going to get beat? Yeah, of course they're going to get beat. But for the most part, over the course of a season, can they consistently play at a high level? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think the, the sort of what G was saying, the, the effort level is there. If the effort level is there, the talent is there. The scheme certainly seems to be there. They're not going to have the same result every week. But absolutely, I think this front four and with some of these blitz schemes, we were seeing some different types of 
I won't call them exotic blitzes yesterday, but they were mixing it up. Right. And you weren't exactly right. sure where yeah, it was coming from. Yeah, there was nothing from. exotic and that to that, really. No, no, no. It was pretty much standard. But last year was so vanilla. Last year was so bland that... Well, to be fair, they got way more talent now, too. Uh, okay, but yeah. like the whole... The back end of the defense is largely the same. It and, is the same. And, and, and we, we sat here last year, and we were begging Joe Woods, what are you doing? It just, wasn't just us. It was the players. The players right, were yeah, frustrated. The were. players were telling me, Mix, why can't we change things? Like, what we're doing isn't working, so change something. All that and zone, nothing ever changed. All that zone coverage. and that, See, you give yourself an opportunity, right? If, if you are playing man-to-man and you, you are blitzing and bringing people... If they do catch the ball, you have a chance. Sure. You're next to him. If you're playing zone and they catch the ball, that guy has five yards between you and him. He could give you any move he wants to. And, and they did last year a lot. <laughs> Imagine if you're Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. You faced the Niners defense Ooh, to start the season. And, boy, did they at one point the, the yardage in the game was 199 yards for the Niners and one yard of total loss. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I didn't realize that. And now, they, that. now yeah, they've got to get ready to face a Browns defense that looks very similar to this Niners defense. By the way, shout out to YouTube. I love the four pictures. Oh, my God. The sports bar It is look. great YouTube TV. It's unbelievable. The Sunday ticket. Mm. Hey, Woo. someone told me yesterday yes, that, that, yeah. that that's $500. Is that true? The YouTube TV package? No, it's not. No. I, I, bought, I literally bought it this weekend. Yeah, I, got I had it. to buy it. What did you pay? It's 62 a month. Yeah, they break it up well, and install Okay, so do the math. They well, said, no, no, no. They oh, said it was it's not Sunday 500. Ticket. I yeah. don't remember. So it, was, it was an extra 300 for the year. 300 for the year. And, and is that, that's it? Or was there a, a fee? I that think it went, might be 500, it? Jay, if you don't buy, like if you just bought the Sunday ticket without buying the rest so, of YouTube so, TV. So, yeah, I think that's probably so, it. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yo, YouTube yeah. TV By the way, like YouTube 89. TV is a great service. Oh, oh. Just a standalone service. If you're looking for the best. Delivery of channels at, at the price. I got it for my mom a couple of years ago, yeah. she, and she wanted me to do some research on all the programs that were out there. And she's 83 years old, so from a tech savvy, she streams everything. She can yeah. do it all, and and it's very very affordable. And now you throw. I love the it. Sunday the only ticket. thing that stinks is it doesn't have MLB Network and it doesn't have Valleys. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to figure that, that out. And they got yeah, and they got 4K, and I got yeah they got I, 4K. Yeah. I got I don't know how many TVs. I got like eight. There's eight, and they nice. all stream. Nice. So I had the internet running. Yeah, everybody was on my you house. Got smoke coming out of your router. Oh, my router, God. but shout out to that. I got the fiber optics. But, that, but it, they, yeah. they, and they have it in 4K. Yeah, it was Dude, great. 4K. And, and yeah. by the way, Vegas will tell you that you should react to Week One, but not overreact, right? Because Vegas reacted on the Browns and the Steelers. The Browns looked great. The Steelers looked awful. So the Steelers probably go I, before the season. I think this game was a pick'em. It was a pick'em even last night after right. both results. It was a pick'em. Now then, it's three. Now the Browns. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was one and a half. I thought I saw two and a half somewhere. No, it's one. Right. Morning, so they reacted, but they didn't half. overreact because based on last week, the Browns should be like a touchdown favorite yeah, based on what happened think. yesterday. Yeah. But they're not going to react that well, much. Well, also to figure this. Home game for the Steelers. Right. Monday night game for the Steelers. Yeah. Divisional game. And, and to so, some and to some degree, every week's a new week in the NFL. Yeah, some you're right. Was, Especially early yeah. in the season. Yes. Teams 100%. are trying to figure out what's working and what's not working. Hundred percent. And we said the Browns defense won't look this good this year. <laughs> you can book that the Bengals offense will not look that bad That's this right. year. Mike's yeah. got to read real quick. The last time the Browns were favored going to Pittsburgh was Bud Carson's first year as Oh my coach. God. Nineteen ninety. I saw that stat from Zach Jackson, and that is wow. correct. I oh do have a God. real quick fast read for you guys. We have had a bunch of Super Chats already this morning. Whenever we get Super Chats, that is brought to us by PCC Air Force. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Air Foils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air Force in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. To keep this all segmented, we're going to read all the Super Chats at the end of the show. Okay. We got a bunch. We're going to get a bunch more. Yeah. So at the end of the show, last five, ten minutes, we will read all your Super Chats. We have gotten them all in. I'll just give a quick shout-out to some of the people who sent them in already. But Skilly, Jarrell Jack, Preston, Josh James, Josh and another one, Peter, Skrilly. Wow. All these guys, we got them. What's our number We'll right read now? them at the end. Uh, I know we, we were over 3,000. Yeah. Yeah, we're at 3,200 and growing. That's a record. We've never done 32 concurrent. So shout-out to you guys. And Brown says, right, there, there were shows in the first the year that we didn't even have 3,200 people over two hours. And now we have 3,200 people watching Which is live incredible. Right and it's a testament. And, yeah. and, and uh, I, I, what it, what's really a testament to, it's obviously a team effort. We're all pulling the sled. But what we've done in a year and a couple of months here 
is we've given meaning and value to the letters UCSS, which didn't exist as anything before right. we started. That's right. It's now a brand. How strong is that brand? The fans have come to recognize that they're going to get quality Browns conversation, regardless of who's sitting in these seats. Yesterday, with our behind-the-glass team and G. Bush, you guys did a number that is crazy for the mind blowing. Yeah. It's 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 you know it, in in terms of YouTube shows, it's gonna it's that puts it in the top 02 percent of all YouTube shows. Yeah, if you compare that to some of the other post game shows, uh, there's one number that's a lot higher than the rest. We'll put it that's that right. Way. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of numbers, and that's that a that testament to all of us and all of you at home. We yeah, and we do it for you guys. I was in the Muni lot yesterday. If I saw you yesterday. Thank you all for uh, saying what's up. I'll be back next time they have a home game. Make some more content. Very good. We got a bunch of things to get to. Let's talk Kevin Stefanski real quick. Really quickly before really we quick. do that, okay. I just want to get get this um, out, and uh, I don't want to think that I don't want anyone to think that we're not thinking of it. Today is nine eleven. We're all celebrating it as a Browns victory Monday, and we all love that feeling. Uh, but th- it's also a very solemn and somber day in American history. Um, it was the day that led to more deaths uh, of Americans on a home invasion attack than any other day in our country's history. There were many innocent lives lost that day. Bull, I know you're a New Yorker. I moved to that area very shortly after the attack. I met and worked with a lot of people that had loved ones, neighbors, and friends that were in the towers. And it wasn't just the towers. It was also the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. It was also the bringing down of another jetliner over Pennsylvania. it's almost mind-boggling to believe that it has been 22 years. I remember the instant that attack happened like it was yesterday. Yep. Uh, we were all like zombies. It was an, a day that I've, I've never experienced anything yeah. like and that And then it wasn't just that day because it was the next few days. I, I remember it just was. walking around. Everybody felt like a zombie. It was like we were all everything couldn't was believe off. what was happening. Yeah, Everything was off. And in that, it, it really, if you think about it, sports has always been the respite for American tragedy and despair, and it's supposed to lift our souls and spirits oh, yeah. collectively. And it paused. And yeah, it's the yeah. only time yeah. in my lifetime that it paused for that length of time. And when it came back, yeah. and I, I still remember the first pitch from, Yankees, from the mound at Yankee Stadium, and what that meant collectively to the nation as if it was a, a, a resounding, we're still here, we're not going away. Yeah. And I know many young people either weren't alive or don't remember when that happened. Yeah. Um, but we just wanted to take a minute to <clears throat> remind everybody that yeah. it's always top of mind for all of us that were alive when we experienced it. And um, it's just we remember those that, that lost and gave the ultimate sacrifice on it that day. It was crazy. I was walking to English class freshman year. Um, I was scheduled to start. It's like my second start ever. And we was walking to English class. They said, don't go to class. We went back to the dorms. We had this little TV, was watching, and we saw the planes, like the second plane, go into the yeah. Twin Tower. And then it was kind of crazy. <laughs> they were like, we, they got us all to the, um, they didn't even call us to the, to, the, to the stadium because they were like, the stadium is really tall. So they had everything. You couldn't go in buildings nowhere. So Keep they do away from potential yeah, targets. Yeah, yeah. So they just put us in this field and we was talking and they were like, yo, we was playing NC State and we're going to fly to NC State and, and play Phillip Rivers. And guess what? They canceled the game. And it, that's what I knew it was huge because yeah. you don't cancel games in America. Yeah, everything a, shut down. Everything. Air travel shut down for Crazy, a yeah. long time. Yeah, 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 even yeah. once air travel resumed, I remember I was in Tampa covering the Buccaneers and the, our first trip after that was, I believe, to Minneapolis. And normally at the airport, it was uh, with a lot of TV gear and and a decent-sized crew. It would take us 45 minutes to get everything checked through. Um, Once 9-11 happened, they took every box of equipment we had (laughs) apart. They wanted to know if they could dismantle batteries. Yeah. Camera batteries. And it it took three hours for us to get through, and nobody complained about it. Right. Real quick, I retweeted this morning. It's the most comprehensive uh, story I've ever seen on 9 11. Politico did it years ago. I retweeted every year on 9 11. We're the only plane in the sky. It's an oral history of everyone who was involved. Wow. Uh, It's phenomenal. It's really, really, really long. It's spectacular. Please take the time today to read it. Yeah. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. I'll check that out too. All right, now back to football, and we talked about the Kevin Stefanski dominance over Cincinnati. Is he six and one in his career? What is what is what is the record? Five yeah. and one, I think. Five and one. No, no, six no, and one. Six, six and, and one now. 
So what's what's crazy <clears throat> to me, guys? Yeah. He is six and one against a team all but one of those years was considered a yardstick team in the AFC. So he's six and one against the Bengals, but against everyone else, he's twenty one and twenty three. And it's just it's 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 the reverse of your Burrow stat. Yeah. About how since he's been there, the Bengals either won or lost by three ninety percent of their games. They get blown out by Stefanski and the Browns. You know Stefanski as well as anyone here. You know what he does week in and week out. What the hell is he doing differently against this team that makes it not just hard for the Bengals to win, but the Browns are winning walkaway yeah. games? I don't know. No, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. There, I don't want to put too much credit on this, but I think it's worth acknowledging. Alex Van Pelt has intimate knowledge of the Bengals. He came from Cincinnati. So I think he has a pretty good understanding and feel of how they do things. But did things. he work there with Zach Taylor? I believe he was. Okay. Yeah, at least for a little while. So now does that, what's, what year did Zach Taylor get to Cincinnati? I think they got, year. didn't they get there the same time? <coughs> Taylor, Taylor was the year before, wasn't he? Oh, was he? I thought they got there the same year. I could Kevin be wrong. Was no, was his fifth year. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fifth year, yeah. So I think he has a little bit of knowledge. And again, that doesn't explain all of this. I think it, it No, pulls, because the real dominance has been defense. Yeah, I think it pulls back the curtain a little bit on what they like to do. Well, it would explain, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what you're ball. saying, yeah. But that's not the whole, exp- like, let's give credit. Let's not give Alex Van Pelt all the credit for that. Sure. But I do think it, it's it's just a little morsel to add into No, it, absolutely I think it factors in. You and, know, and I hadn't I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, but, but but I mean otherwise it's you know, it could just be one of these strange anomalies that there really is no great explanation for it because in the grand scheme of things it is still a small sample size. It's getting bigger and it keeps happening. But, you know, when you talk about a number of games in some of these other seasons as compared to eight games that we're talking about here, I, there is no great explanation for yeah. it other than I think it goes back to what, Bull, you were saying. At least with this version, the Browns now have three great cover corners to match up with their three, three great, great receivers. receivers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I look at the thing, I, I didn't actually take this domination very seriously until after this game. Because to me, it was in the games that mattered, it was Browns 2, Bengals 1, and the Bengals won the last one. Well, let's point this out, too. Yeah. 6-1. and one. Four different quarterbacks. Yeah, I was just going to say, by the way, Baker played out of his mind against Right, Cincinnati. Baker beat them. That's why Lissette it's just... beat them. Right. Uh, last year, it Case was Keenum. Case Keenum beat but what, them, but, and now finally... But from my perspective, the first two I didn't care about because the Bengals were awful, the Browns were good that year. Sure. The And then the second one in 21, the Bengals played their backups. It was, it was all bench right, players. Right. So I didn't care about that. So it was one game in 21, and then they split last year. So I'm like, to me, in the games that really, but it was 2-1. last two to year, one. the Halloween game was very reminiscent of this one. Right. Yes. But it was still 2-1. to one. But I, I thought 2-1 to one for okay. me wasn't enough. I got but now it. it's 3-1, to one, and now it's three blowouts. And I'm like... This is crazy. There, there is what definitely something to it. What are you seeing from your end as a Bengals fan? I, what, what are they doing that other I, teams are not? Because you watch every Bengals I, snap. The Bengals play with a swagger and confidence. They still talked it. Well, Jamar Chase, doesn't. he sounds like an idiot. He needs to shut up. And he's a great player, but he, but he needs to shut up. It's enough. I know he was trying to be, in a way, self-deprecating right. the way he said it yesterday. <clears throat> to take the L. He was trying, he was to, trying take, to wear he the was L. He was trying to take the L, yeah. but just, just let it go. Yeah. He was trying to give them credit, but well, he, he doubled did it down speech. on the L's comment. Yeah, but he was making fun of himself yes. that way. Yes. But I know, but he, it didn't come out right, and he sounded like an idiot. So just shut the hell up. Yeah. The Bengals play with a swagger and confidence against everybody else. That they don't, for some reason, they don't have. Even when the Bengals beat the Browns last year in that second game, I don't remember it was December, but I don't yeah. remember the exact date. I didn't think the Bengals played that well in that game. Even the one they won, they, I can't explain it. And if you. If you had been in a coma and had only been awake for the Bengals playing the Browns for the last three years, just the last three years, and, and, and I said, well, the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship, you'd be like, that's crazy. This team's awful. Sure. Because they look like a horrendous team against the Browns. There's just something, you know, styles make fights, right? We talk about yeah, this all the time. That's true. And just like the Bengals have had the Chiefs number, right? Now, they have blown them out. But they had won all the games until last year in the AFC Championship game. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes had not looked great against the Bengals right. until that second game last year. And, and for whatever reason, Joe Burrow just looks lost in the soup every time he plays the Now, Browns. Miles Garrett loves playing against Joe Burrow. I, I, I think, that doesn't he have 10 sacks? 10, 10 sacks in now seven games? Or the last? Uh, three, two, four, five, six games. Well, okay. you, you just look at 10 sacks in six just games. Just take a look at the roster and you can see that, that, you know, James Rapine said, you know, 
I just think it's a bad matchup for the Bengals. I wasn't going to say it to this, this game, but after watching this game, it's a bad matchup. You know, they have three really good corners, and Jason kind of said that. Um, the Browns have two really good defensive ends, but you can look at it, they probably have the best defensive end in the game. So you automatically can, can gauge and say, well, look, before we could bring, you know, four, and still get pressure because we got Miles Garrett. Sure. And you're able to keep guys in the back end. When you play the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones is really good up front. But there's a lot of times where the Chiefs have to bring more pressure to get to, you know, Mahomes. And that leaves, or excuse me, to uh, to uh, Joe Burrow. And that leaves them one-on-one. I, I don't, I, I hope people understand this. The Bengals make contested catches better than any team in the league. Like, if you get one-on-one coverage with, with, with either T. Higgins or Jamar yeah, Chase, both win those that, that's 40, 50 yards. And sure. it, think about it. Even if it ain't 40 or 50 yards, what are the chances of you not falling, not getting, getting, getting dunked on because they went up and made a crazy catch or not having pass interference? Sure. They get lots of yards that way. But the Browns can bring people, keep people back in the back end. And on top of it, they have a running game where yeah. it's – it's difficult. In the end, it's just weird because the Bengals have played teams with better defenses yeah. in the past couple of years, and yet the Browns have played it well. I, I can't. I, it, it's really hard to explain in the end. I don't know, but Savansky's got to got to find a way to translate this to other teams. To other teams, certainly. Let's uh, let's transition it a little bit to the we offense. Have, do you, are, do you want to go there now? Well, because, okay, so we have breaking news real quick. Okay. I do have to mention this, but Schefter just reported and Mary Kay confirmed Jack Conklin out for the season, torn MCL and ACL. Not Ooh, a surprise oh, after wow. what we saw. That means DeWan Jones, as G. Bush predicted before the season, will be thrust into action a lot right, Well, let's do we this. We'll call did a good audible. job. And we'll call an audible. Instead of talking about Chubb right here, Let's instead talk yes. about the offensive line. Yeah. Because, by the way, they, I thought they ap- appropriately pointed out during the game that we have to talk about Dewan Jones because we haven't talked about Dewan Jones. I, I, I know you, Jason, you thought maybe he's not ready. I, I, we haven't seen any PFF grades. I'm not watching Dewan Jones on every single play, but it seemed like he did a great job I, yesterday. I, I isolated him on a number of plays and went yeah. back and watched a number of plays. I'm sure you guys did, too. I mean... He held his own, and that's all you can ask for this guy to do. It was his first live bullet NFL action, and I thought he held his own. You're over there with a smirk on your face. What are they saying behind closed doors? We'll see. (laughs) Ah. We'll see. No, listen, let me tell you. They think Jedrick Wills is good. Come on now. No, no. no. All right, so I was kind of poking around on the whole Dewan thing after the game, and I don't want to poo-poo a win. Like, right. it's a win and everything else. But I think this tackle thing is going to become a real problem. Jed was terrible yesterday, and I'm the he one was who awful. was defending him. I was defending him last killed. week. You even said, I can't believe I'm going to die on that hill. Awful. You're no, dead. And I died a bloody death. Now, yes. it's one game. It's one game. It's Man. not one but game, was, though, Jason. It's been a few years. No, he's not very good. He's average. He was terrible Sunday. No. I still think he's average. You're not going to drop him below Sunday. average? He's average. He was <laughs> below average yesterday. Oh, for sure he was below average. But DeWand on the other side... The way that explained to me is he has a ton of missed assignments. And you may not see them because we don't know the play calls. We don't know the, the, right. the blocking schemes. And I've even said, like, well, like, Brian Baldinger just raves about this guy and the PFF grades. And I get eye rolls like, okay, well, they don't know what we're trying to do here. His missed assignments in the preseason was in the double digits. If that happens in the regular season, there's going but to be Jay, massive problems. But he's a problems. rookie playing one of the most difficult positions Absolutely. to come in and play yes. right away. And why did yes. they start him over Hudson if well, they're so concerned? But that's the thing. He's yeah. obviously outplayed Hudson, at least. He's, yeah. he's higher on the depth chart than, than James Hudson. Yeah. And Hudson got absolutely cooked in Pittsburgh two years ago. Well, let's not even talk and about And now, that. here we go again with the rookie right tackle who may or may not be ready lining up against T.J. Watt next Monday that's night. That's going to be – that's the biggest worry that I have going into Monday night is that So right there. physically, <clears throat> physically, Dewan Jones is ready to play in the NFL right now. There is no question about it. Yeah. It's, it's here. Yeah. It's the maturity and it's the mental. Is he ready for it? Uh, we're we're going to find out. By the way, I'm not just saying this because of the injury because we, you and I both said this last year. I thought it was a terrible decision. I didn't like Browns it. Browns have made a lot of good decisions. I thought it was a ter- Lately, I thought it was a terrible decision to uh, extend Jack Conklin was because he was confused. always hurt, and now he's hurt again. That's going to be a nightmare contract. He, Awful. He, he, a I mean, nightmare Yeah, it's going to come back to haunt He may be done, done. Like, uh, done, done. Well, I listen, mean, that double tear, I, I don't know if you had the double tear. I, I had I, the double I, tear. I, I didn't have the NCL. I had the meniscus. And he's old for an alignment at this it's point. Tough. You know? It's he, tough. He, he's he's a 29. 
He's he's linear. That's oldish. He's linear. He stands up a lot. He does not bend his legs that well. He's an athletic build below the waist, generally speaking. And and here's the thing: like I got compared to rest of my trunk, I got like you. You're scared with people who have smallish type legs because you can't absorb that. If you see the play. You know, he's kind of blocking backside, and a lot of those guys, he got rolled up on, he got rolled up on but it, that's why they teach the flexibility. That's why yeah. they want the flexibility in your legs and your hips. He just came off a really bad injury, and that's why I was so shocked when they gave him this contract. I'm like, whoa. Everybody was. I said, I thought he was about to retire, Crazy. and he's done. He, but I will say, go ahead, McNuggets. On Conklin, just before you guys go into Dewan Jones, his contract situation is an issue. Yes, of and course. And just so, just so we're all on the same page, his contract for this year, his guaranteed money, is fourteen million. Next year, and he signed the extension. Why would do if that? they cut him? Which he's injured, so I'm not sure you can cut him. But his day cap would be twenty two million. He's due thirteen million. They can't next cut season. him. And then in 2025, where they have a potential out. The guaranteed money goes down. Yeah, it was a big mistake. His dead cap hits fifteen million. Yeah, it was a big mistake. But in the short term, I I don't know. Like when you—that's the thing. That's part of the reason you got Deshaun Watson. We'll get into details about how he played. It's amazing. We're forty-four minutes in. We haven't really talked about the quarterback much. But when you have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who the best part of his game yesterday was his legs. Absolutely. And he—he's got to bail you out. When the offensive line can't get the job done, a, gr- a great quarterback, and certainly an athletic quarterback, can help you overcome struggles from an offensive line, and the tackles are certainly an issue my, right now. Yeah. They're good in the middle. They're the very, good. They are very sound in the middle. Yeah. I'm woefully concerned about this. I, I, and let's face it, that's where you need to be strong. Yes, yeah. but like, I'd be more concerned if they had a statue quarterback. Now, sure. here, here's well, what yeah, I would it, it could be catastrophic. I, right, I, I will say this about Dewan Jones. Now, look. He has the stature. He has what's on tape that looks good. Here's the thing. Sometimes when you're a young player, you know, this this happens to a lot of linemen. You don't, you, they, everything on offensive linemen is a hierarchy type thing. You sit behind so-and-so. You sit behind Teller. You behind Joe Thomas. You behind Miles Garrett. So you may not really necessarily you know, be have the opportunity to be on the whiteboard when they're asking you, what do you do here? What do you do here? You're not on the spot. But then what usually what happens, your talent takes over. You're just more talented than they are. And then now it's your coach's opportunity to hammer the mental stuff. Because here's the thing. DeWan Jones is physically better than Conklin, and he's physically better than Jedrick Wills. Yes. They get, but now it's like, okay, sometimes you get in the game, and now it's like, oh, you up now. Oh, you better come prepared, come ready to go. Sometimes when you're a young dude, you don't have that until you thrust into that position. It's a Monday night game. I fully expect Bill Callahan to have him ready. I fully expect Teller to be telling him, hey, yo, this is what we got on this play. There was times when I was playing, I would tap somebody and be like, hey, what we got on this play? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) See, you know, we had guys, road scholars type guys, and they say, G. Bush, you go do this. And I'm like, okay, cool. I could do that. And you know what? Eventually, you grow into it. I don't have. Do no, you? Yeah, because you eventually I, I, get it. there's been times that with Jed Wills where he's looking around like I'm I'm the only Those guy at a party. Well, not everybody parts. grows into it, but uh, not everybody. <laughs> but Dewan Jones has at least had Baldinger show us some stuff. He showed me physically, and he and he don't quit. He ain't quit right, on no, no play. I know. And Jed been here four years doing this. Now my scary thing is this: I don't trust Hubbard. <laughs> I don't trust not Hubbard Hudson. 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 I, I don't trust Hudson that much either. And so it's like you know you can. This is where you look at Jason and you say, okay, well now we're gonna have to figure something out because obviously Conklin is out and Jed Wills is going to have to play. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no out. There's nothing else. We already yeah. got one man down. He's going to have My, to play. I'm concerned. Uh, the only reason I'm not five alarm bell concerned is because Callahan is is guiding the ship. Like, we couldn't ask for a better offensive true. line coach That's true. to get this kid up to speed. Now, you said Callahan will have him ready. 
The problem is he's fighting Muhammad Ali next Monday. Yes, yeah. he is. Like with TJ Watt, it's it's going to be the learning curve is going to be dramatic. And they just got their ass whipped yesterday. I know they did. So they're coming in angry yes. on a Monday night with a fueled up crowd. Yes. it's going to be it's going to be a tough. Ass. Get ready all practice week. He should be above. Miles Garrett should be giving him basketball moves. <laughs> we getting ready. Don't even put the That's pads right. on. Just yeah. this is TJ Watt going to the hole. So don't foul. Jason <laughs> says. Keep an eye on this, a yes. close eye on this, yes. because I, it could get. I'm just it, it could not be an that issue. worried about it. I know it's a concern. I just feel like, and as when we get it, are we getting into Watson here? Or are we getting into Chubb? What are we? Getting I think into? both. We'll start with Chubb and then go to uh, go to Watson, just well, because Chubb was. No, so hold much. on. Can I yeah. say this though? I would. I'm not a hater. I thought Jed Wills overall on the run game played pretty well. I think he reached this guy three or four times. There was plays on the left-hand side where Chubb was running the stretch play. Hey, Jed Wills was able to – he walled off guys getting to the next level. I thought he had a B I, game but when it comes his, to the run. Yeah, but I think it's always been in the past block the where D he's game. been like, where yes, is he? He had the D when it came to – that's all well and good yeah. because I just said last week he's not getting guys killed over there, and he damn near got Deshaun killed yesterday. Yeah, you're right. Well, he got Conklin hurt. He, he did. He got well, Conklin hurt. I mean, that's that's a that's a little bit of a bridge. The guy he was battling with fell into Conklin. I know, but that's one of those fluky things. Guys get rolled up on all the time. I hear you. I know what you're but saying. But his weakness on that play led to that injury, essentially. <laughs> well, and but I just think. Deshaun Watson, uh, Mikey. I think we got to get to Watson because we are going to get to Watson. But I have one thing first. I got a read, yeah. and then we got a bridge, and then you'll see what I'm going to do here. But before we Kill do me. anything, if you guys haven't had enough Browns content between the post game show, today's show, G. Bush is on the barbershop today on the UCSSU oh, nice. at three nice. o'clock for his secondary reaction. He'll be reacting to the Browns win. He'll be reacting to our reactions. <laughs> a lot and, of reaction uh, going on. G. Bush, I'm not sure he has any more Kool-Aid to take, any more Kool-Aid to drink, but guess what? What do you got on the table, G. Bush? Steve, let's drop the graphic. Let's show G. Bush. He's got packs of Kool-Aid galore. The barbershop will be lit. That is at 3 o'clock today. Come on, Make man. sure you check out G. One Bush free on pack of Kool-Aid for can, every viewer. Can right? we drop that graphic, by the way? Can we get that? Can we get the Kool-Aid Mafia going? Is that possible? Can we get them going? The Kool-Aid Kool Mafia is alive and well. Can we get that? I got all kind of flavors in here that don't even exist. Pina colada pineapple, and there you go. Right there, ready for the people. I don't play around. You said you wanted the shirts, the Kool-Aid Mafia. Right there <laughs> with the beautiful pole in the back. Big Red is his Who name. Who drew that? Big Red. I listen, I got drawers and artists everywhere. Bro, you're smoking. Listen, look at him smoking <laughs> that cigar. That's a cigar. That ain't you got a, a sweet in your that, mouth. That, 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 that's a question about this. Don't, don't drop this graphic. This is a question. Did you have to spell Kool-Aid with a C instead of a K? I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, fringes? I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Chibos don't get sued very often. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're smart over there. Shout out to my legal team. Hey, 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 my mom had to scrub that thing four or five times. No, yeah, no. take the cool off. No, I don't know how I feel about him smoking a cigar. I finally got that passed. But the Kool-Aid Mafia, I got the shirts and the hats coming. Ooh, next week I told you I wasn't playing around. <laughs> Is your mom the legal team? Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk Watson after the announcement. But before that, and Jason, it ties it all together. You wrote an article this morning about Deshaun Watson, especially specifically his touchdown run. And there's a member of the offensive line. Before we get off the offensive line, I think this is a nice transition into that. What made that play call so unique, and what was the key to that? Because on our phone call last night, you said you don't think a certain player could have executed. And we're not talking about Deshaun Watson, a certain offensive lineman. Couldn't have executed that the way he did yesterday, last season. All right, so we'll start there. I think the whole key – I don't know if you have it or not. The whole key to the, the touchdown run late in the first half, they're, they're at the second and ten from the 13, and Deshaun cans the play, checks into a run, and scores the touchdown, it, and everyone didn't celebrates. Didn't have trips to the right? Trips right. Yeah. So the key to the whole play, though, was man coverage on the left. It was Amari Cooper manned up on the left side. Bengals are showing blitz, so they bring two linebackers to the line of scrimmage. And uh, and they had trips right, so Deshaun cans the play, motions Jerome Ford to the right. The whole key to it, though, really was the Wyatt Teller block. Mm. And you'll see it on the replay. Wyatt Teller had chips. I think it was Trey Hendrickson. And Can we take that full? I don't. Board? I don't know that he gets there last year because Wyatt had so many injuries. We've kind of talked about it before. He was battling a calf injury. He had bursitis in his knee. He had a high ankle sprain. He had a lot going on. And I don't think that he gets there. Oh, wow. But this is why you're paying Wyatt Teller $17 million a year. Mm. Because 
I don't evaluate guards. Like, that's not what I do. But from what, everything I've been told, he's one of the best pulling guards in the NFL. He's a mauler at run blocking. And you marry the two together. And here he comes there. He gets just enough of a chip in to spring, to spring Deshaun on that play. Yeah. Now, the, the, the Browns, and Kevin kind of touched on this at the podium. Kevin and AVP put this play in Saturday morning as a last-minute add to the game plan. They, wow. they were waiting for this particular look from Cincinnati to check into the play. And I was talking to some players in the locker room afterwards. I actually called Tyvis as well to, like, let's, let's go through this. And basically, Tyvis could probably explain this better than me, but they were going to bring pressure from the middle, and they, the Browns weren't exactly sure where the pressure was going to come from, but it didn't matter because they had the numbers to match it. The key was Hendrickson coming from the outside and Wyatt being able to get there to chip him. And like I said last year, I don't think Wyatt gets there. Because he, he barely so got him, up. but he got he him. He barely enough. got him, but yeah. he got. You. But that's a lot you're asking on your I right guard, yeah. no yeah. doubt. To, yeah. I mean, you know better than anybody yeah. what you're asking. Especially against an athlete like Hendricks. That's a long that's pool. You got to be athletic. It's wet outside. So they were waiting that whole drive. They felt that whole drive like the Bengals were going to give them that look. And when they finally got that look, they got it just in time. And this is how big of a play that was because there's 13 seconds left, and the Browns had to burn their last time out. Uh, like two plays before that. So they're out of timeouts. If Wyatt doesn't get to that block or if Deshaun gets stopped short, they got to clock it, and they're probably kicking a field goal. Right. Yeah. That kind of ended the game to me at 10 nothing. It felt like it was over. It was a great play. Hendrickson had been having a great first half. Yeah. So for him, so that's why the Bengals felt confident in kind of leaving Hendrickson alone on that side, basically. Yeah. And he and he did just enough on that play. Now to they end up winning 24-3, to but that it's in the moment, you're right. That yeah. felt like a huge play. It's a big difference going into the half, 6 nothing or 10 nothing. Yeah. And to, to call, it was a gutsy call because you're out of timeouts. And if he doesn't make it, you're settling for and, three. You know, it, it's hard to say how the game plays out if the, if the score had been a field goal there. But remember, when the Bengals went for it from the 20-yard line or whatever it was and got sacked, instead of it being 17-3 in that spot, it's 13-3. Yeah. And maybe they punt, hope their defense holds. Who knows what happens and how the game plays out. No. But it, it's, it's really funny. You talk so often about the little things. Yep. Like, it's all of these little things. A lot of times someone will say, well, it came down to the last play. Well, every play in the game, there was a little thing that happened. A little thing. The effort is free. Did the team that gave the most effort win that play? And more often than not, if you win more plays during the course of the game, you're going to come out on top. And yesterday, they just won the vast majority of every play. Yeah. It was really something. Now, on offense... You know, it wasn't a stellar performance. It really wasn't. I think I think the Bengals pretty much gifted them seven points. However, the Browns were on their way to a touchdown when they had the Ford fumble. So yep. you can probably say that, you know, take one away, give the other one there. It's still a 24-point performance by the offense. I was fascinated by what they did with Nick Chubb. The four catches, it seems small, but... Without having Kareem Hunt in this offense, and I know Jerome Ford is there, there, there are issues there. We've talked about our concerns at running back. The way they used Nick Chubb yesterday, for me, is the blueprint for how they should use him every single game. He was still under 20 carries. He went over 100 yards. The four catches, to me, just plants the seed in the defense that, oh, this guy's a ball catcher now. He was their leading receiver yesterday. <clears throat> he was their leading receiver with four catches. In numbers. In, 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 yeah, not right, in yards. Right, not in yards. No, but, but in, in number. receptions. Yeah, yeah. I mean – it, well, they didn't throw – I mean, Watson didn't throw the ball particularly well yesterday. Right. No, right. I, I, no, but what made it yeah. so nice was on a day where the, the weather dictated that it was going to be difficult to throw the football. Yeah. And let's face it, wet or not, Deshaun Watson did not have a good day. No. His first pass was overthrown. And I think after that, he tried to adjust, not putting as much on. Because a lot of times, quarterbacks hyped up. You'll see that first throw sails high. Watch the yeah. Super Bowl. It's almost every first throw yeah. for all the quarterbacks, the ball so well, high. But then he was missing low, 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 yeah, low. I mean, in, in terms of throwing the ball, he had a terrible day. Awful. Let's be honest. Awful. He had a terrible day. But well, the Browns shifted and said, we've got right. number 24. Right, but ultimately, they need Deshaun Watson to play better if they're going to consistently win and win games that matter when it matters. They do, but what was nice but, was this blueprint proves yeah. that, yes, it's a passing league. you got to pass to win, and it, both in the micro and the macro. However, if the passing game isn't there, in a game in December. Right. You've got number 24. This is why. Use this guy. And yesterday, I <clears throat> right. thought they used him perfectly. And we are going to talk more about the offense and Deshaun Watson in a sec, Jay. But before we dive into a topic, look at the clock. 
And that means we have an announcement to make. That's right. It's coming up and on we noon. we've been teasing this, and we're going to do it right now. Before we mention the announcement, though, the last pause in this major announcement, I just want to say from the bottom of everyone's heart here at UCSS, thank you guys to the people on YouTube who have made this show a success. We do this for you guys. We have fun. We hopefully entertain and educate you guys on a daily basis. You guys have come up in numbers that we have never seen before, and we expect that to continue Man. throughout Brown season as we continue to celebrate Brown's victories. Hopefully there aren't many losses, but we will also educate you guys and cry with you guys if there are losses during the season as well, which inevitably they're most likely like will be said, at if. some point. So with that being said, are you guys ready to break some news here? Jay, do you want to do the honors? No, I think you should. So we're a little YouTube show. At least we were a little YouTube show. I don't think you can put the little in front of the YouTube show anymore. But also, starting this Friday, we are a top 20 TV market television show as well. From 1230 to 1 o'clock on Fridays for the upcoming football season, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show will not only be a YouTube show, we will be a Channel 3 broadcast television show. Wow. We made it, boys. Very excited. That's incredible. We have made it. Now, for the YouTube people out there, the last half hour of Friday's show will not be live on YouTube. It'll be live upstairs on Channel 3, and then we will post it immediately after to YouTube in case you missed anything. For you guys out there, it'll be a lot of stuff you've already seen because it's a new audience that we haven't tapped into yet. But we are not forgetting about you guys. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, YouTube only. The first 90 minutes of Friday, YouTube only, and then we go to TV for that last half hour. It's going to give us an opportunity to tap into an untapped market of Cleveland sports fans who may not be as familiar with YouTube, and that's going to make the numbers on the YouTube show even better. It's going to make us more money, which means we can make a lot more things for the YouTube program even better. It was a goal of ours when we started. We want to be on TV. We want to reach that 2 million person audience that we are not able to tap into through YouTube, and it is the start of the UCSS rocket to the moon. But we don't take off without you guys out there supporting I, yeah, us on absolutely. YouTube. I think we've taken off today. Almost 4,000 people watching right now. By far the most we've ever had watching at one time. Incredible. And But being able to be on WKYC, which Jay is every day, is very exciting for all of us because it shows that the whole company believes in this show, believes in us and what we've done, that believes that, that all the audience that we have is going to come with us, uh, even though you know most of the shows are still going to be here. But that will, as Mike said... There's a new audience, especially some older fans who are not as savvy uh, and finding things yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, that's the key. They're know? not as that's smart as key. you guys. So here's the thing. Frankly. Um, w- once we go to linear television, and, and there's, there's no barrier to entry anymore. It's free, and you can click your television and turn it on. A lot of folks still haven't realized that you can do that every day with the WKYC 3 Plus app. Or the WKYC Plus app. If you put that app on any smartphone, If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you go to WKYC uh, Plus, we're there every day from 11 to 1. You can watch us on your big screen at home. It doesn't have to be on a computer screen or on a phone. Yeah. But I think what this really, it knocks down a huge door for us because now we'll be able to promote that 30 minutes and the whole idea, and we've done that already here, the audience is like a snowball going down a hill. It gathers snow as it rolls. And that's what this show has done. You know, we started, we were in the hundreds in our, you know, of live views. Whenever we cracked a thousand, we were, that was huge for us. For a YouTube show, that's yeah. a big audience. And, and now we're 17 months in or 16 months, whatever we are, that that snow is just gathering and now we're pushing 4,000 live views. Yeah. Once we go to WKYC and people are introduced to what we do every day, we can explain to them there how easy it is for them to watch us every day. It doesn't have to be on Channel 3. That's right. And the whole idea is to get them hooked, to see what they ha- are missing, 
and then figure out, man, I, this has to be a part of my life. My son yesterday was at the Browns Backers Bar in New York watching the game. Um, I've been to several Browns Backers Bars across the United States. It, it, um, it never ceases to amaze me what kind of a following this team has nationally. Corey told me there were 400 fans in there, and that's about that was the capacity of the bar. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge bar. And there, it, he said, you wouldn't know that you weren't in Westlake. And he said, most of the people are from, you know, he was talking to all the people and they're saying, yeah, well, yeah. I'm from, you know, Cuyahoga Falls or I'm from Westlake or I'm mm-hmm. from Rocky River, all these areas. And that's an audience that, you know, I don't know if it's still true, but not long ago, our metrics folks told me that half of our viewers are from outside the state of Ohio. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is wild. That's incredible. Yeah. So there's all kinds of audiences that we're yet to tap into, like that uh, Browns Backers Bar in New York. Yeah. We've got to do something with them so they can, because yeah. Corey's like, these people can't get enough Browns content. Right. I can tell you our latest metric report, and we're going to get back to Sean Watson in 12 seconds. 51% of our views come from Ohio, 49% come That's from amazing. outside of Ohio. So we are a amazing. worldwide, or at least nationwide show. Well, hell, we, we know worldwide. we've got viewers in Germany, Australia, and England that watch the show yeah. regularly that we hear from. And probably Browns other fans are places. the best. They are India. everywhere. India. We're excited to go on TV. We are not forgetting about the YouTube That's channel right. and, and the people who helped us get here. 90 minutes of Friday show live, and then we're going to post the 30-minute segment from TV on so YouTube. So 12.30 to 1 yeah. every Friday every during football season on WKYC Channel 3. And quickly, uh, before we transition, I want to give a shout-out, and, and I want him to know that we're all thinking of him. Jim Donovan yesterday announced during his radio call of the Browns game that he's going to take a medical leave of absence. Many of you know that Jim has been battling leukemia. This has been an ongoing fight for decades for Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, it reoccurred uh, about four or five months ago. He's been... Boy, you talk about a brave and valiant guy. I talked to Jimmy Friday, and I said, Jimmy, you look great. How do you feel? I feel good. Are you ready for the season? I feel ready for the season. He had to know at that time that he was going to announce that he was only going to do this game and then take a leave of absence. But you would never know it. He, is, he doesn't like talking about himself. He keeps that as quiet as he can. He's a private man when it comes to that stuff, and we respect that. I just want Jim Donovan, who I've said it before, I'll say it again, was my television hero Mm -hmm. he was the guy when I was young in high school and he's been here 40 years and at Bowling Green my parents would tape all of his sportscasts and send his tapes to me so I could watch his sportscasts weeks old and I just would study what he did and I was always mesmerized by just how good he is Jimmy's the best local sports guy I've ever seen and for my money he's the best radio play-by-play voice I've ever listened to we love you, Jimmy. We are thinking of you. We're with you step by step. We know you're going to make it through this, and we can't wait until we hear you back in the Browns booth calling the action like only you can. That's right. So we're thinking of you, Jimmy. All the best, sure. Jim. Obviously, I know what he's going through family-wise. but um, It's tough. Well, yeah. One other thing I want to say real quick about the WKYC thing is thank you to WKYC and Tegna for believing in us. I don't mean to point to myself. Believing in us. And believing in this show and showing that by, by uh, you know, uh, committing to us being on linear TV. It's a big deal. Uh, all right. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.